he has relapsed a couple times already, but they have not been. They've been a, I'm going to say, a soft fall. And my son has had, in our lifetime with this, four super hard falls ending up in the hospital. And I worry about that part. I'm working on myself, getting coaching, you know, coaching other people, but know that there's always that possibility of him not recovering from something bad like that. Welcome friends to Hope Stream, the podcast for parents of kids who are misusing drugs or alcohol or who are in active addiction in treatment or early recovery. I'm Brenda Zane. I'm a fellow parent to a child who struggled with addiction, nearly lost his life to multiple fentanyl overdoses, and is now thriving in a new life. So I've been on the journey for a while and I can relate. You can learn more about me, my family story, and how I serve parents at my website, brendazane.com. And if you're a mom with a son or daughter who is struggling or in the process of recovery, and you would like to hang out with me and some other really amazing moms like yourself, you can check out a private community I created called The Stream. It is where I am after these episodes and where you can connect with a village of other moms who get it, who know what you're dealing with, and you can find us at thestreamcommunity.com. Today, you are going to get to listen in on a coaching session I had with one of our members in the stream. I'll be sharing these coaching episodes each month just as a way to let you drop in and hear what other parents are struggling with and hopefully find some nuggets of insight or find things that you might want to try in your own family. Today, I have Casey with me. She has a 19-year-old son who is home after a pretty lengthy period in wilderness therapy, residential treatment, and sober living, you'll get to hear an unfiltered conversation about what kinds of issues her family is dealing with, what her fears are, and how she starts to uncover some important insights about herself and some of the things that she wants to work on. I apologize in advance for the slightly off audio on this episode. I got myself a new microphone and I'm still working out the kinks, so thank you for bearing with me. I really appreciate that and I appreciate Casey's vulnerability and her willingness to let me record our session. So let's get into it. Welcome, Casey. I am really glad to have you here today. This is a bit, like I told you, it's a little bit of an experimentation um, in coaching. And the great thing for me is that you're also a coach. So I'm working with somebody who has a lot of skills, but I don't know if you find this. I find it's like tickling yourself. It's really hard to do. Even if you're a trained coach, it's really hard to still practice those things sometimes and coach yourself. (laughs) What do you think? Absolutely. It's easier to coach someone than to be in the moment and going, oh my gosh, wait a minute. What do I do? I'm blanking. I can see the page. I can see, you know, because both of us use the 20 minute guide for a lot of stuff. I don't know if everybody knows about that on the podcast, but um, 
Yeah. And, and you completely go blank Yes, in that moment. Yes. Which is, I think, just a note to anybody out there, even if you are a therapist, and I know in, in our community in the stream, we have quite a few therapists, um, counselors, so very qualified, licensed mental health people. But um, I think that's just a good reminder that you don't have to do it by yourself. Like, even if you're trained, you don't have to do it by yourself. And so that's one of the reasons I'm excited to do these um, sessions is to allow people to really kind of um, receive because like you, you give so much um, with so much volunteer work, with working with parents in our community that you probably don't spend a lot of time on the receiving end. And so these sessions are meant for you to be the one on the receiving end, um, which is sometimes hard to do, but we are going to, we're going to try it out. Are you ready? I'm so ready. (laughs) That's good. Well, why don't we just start out? I know you a little bit from being in the community. And just if you're listening, these sessions, these coaching sessions are available for anybody in the stream community to request a coaching episode, which is really just a coaching session that gets recorded. So if that's interesting to you, that is available at thestreamcommunity.com. But why don't you just start out and give us a little snapshot of what your family looks like right now, just so we have some context for what you're um, dealing with and what you're working within. Okay, so um, I have three children. My 21-year-old is finally out of the house and living on her own and going to Fordham. My youngest is also in college at Savannah College of Art Design. And my middle one, who's been the one who has struggled with substance use for the last four years, is after a three and some change journey of being in a wilderness, a therapeutic boarding school, transitional living, sober living, trying life on his own, not really succeeding. And um, he's home now. Okay. And how old <laughs> so, is he? Um, he's 19. So you've been through a lot because if somebody is to the point where you've had your child in, if you've given them the gift of wilderness and and all of that residential, um, you've been through a lot. So you're a you're a seasoned, a well seasoned parent. So he's 19. He's living at home. And are you married? Do you have dogs? Are you working? Like, what's life look like? Um, so I'm married. Um, my husband is a carpenter. Um, has his own business. Um, I have two cats. Unfortunately, my oldest has trained them to bang. Oh, nice. So now that she's gone, she's they big. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and I know you do quite a bit of volunteer work with parents. Um, that's how we ended up meeting each other. Um, so you got a busy. Yes. You, you've got a lot going on. In other words, <laughs> you've got a lot. Yes, you've I got do. A lot. I do. All right. So that's kind of what life looks like. And um, what do you like to do for fun? Walk walk outside, enjoy the beautiful weather. Um, My biggest self-care thing throughout this whole journey has been we have a spa outside and I will just go out there with a little kombucha and um, sit in the spa. doesn't matter if it's night or day and just enjoy being in nature. Um, So that's like my my big go-to and um, my current uh, private thing now everybody knows is I'm watching the Big Bang Theory for my laughs. Oh, 
It's old, isn't it? Isn't that an older show? Okay. Yes, it is. Nice. Okay. So you you recognize that you need some self-care. You found some stuff that works for you, which is really awesome. So what do you think when you kind of think about your world and what's going on right now and your son who's at home? If you had to kind of put the problem in a nutshell or in one sentence, what would you say is the biggest thing that you're working on right now, that that problem? I would say it's having him fit back in the family. Mm, Tell me more about that. Because he's been gone for so long. um, And we had, you know, parent weekends and trips to see each other. But having him in the household and the house where everything, you know, really went down uh, hill um, has been different. And it's not just us navigating him being part of a family. It's him navigating it as well. And so he doesn't always uh, follow instructions because he's very used to like transitional living, like just go, just saying, hey, guys, I'm going out for something to eat and then walking out and getting something to eat. So there's been the situations where he's come home and it's dinner time and he has like a little container of food that he picked up and he's ready to eat it and we're like um hey you know other people here right (laughs) so navigating that fitting back into the family so when he's not fitting back in the family what tells you that or what's going on that makes it uncomfortable like what's what are the signals Mm -hmm. that this isn't really working for us for is it is it mainly you or is your husband feeling the same way as well Oh, no, both of us feel it. We'll ask him to do something, let's say mow the lawn, and he doesn't know how to start the mower. Well, instead of asking someone how to start the mower, he'll just look it up and figure it out. And his figuring out things are not always the correct way. So, you know, things can get damaged. Uh, that's a problem because he's he it's uh it's like this barrier for him of I don't know if it's shame I don't know what's going on like I need to know how to do this because I've been doing it for so long but turning to us to clarify instead of doing it on his own seems to be a struggle like you can you can see that struggle in him and then of course we get annoyed we're trying to stay in that space of not being annoyed because we're like, couldn't you just ask if you could do it that way instead of just pretending you knew what you were doing. So it sounds like there's some tension around him, not necessarily asking for help um, from Mm -hmm. you. Where else is there tension? Well, there's, he, he's bought a car while he's here and He's driven it very fast, got pulled over a lot that he did lie about, but I figured it out. Um, I said to him, what's going on? Something's not right. So he gets a very kind of weird start to act. I don't know if anybody else experiences or if you experience this with your son, like, you know, instantly, you don't know what it is that they're lying about, but there's something they're lying about. And he loves his new little mini 
and he was driving it without a license plate because it fell off. And now he has it with just one bolt on. So, so that part of trying to also stay in my lane and not like fix it because he doesn't also doesn't want you to fix it is hard. That's one part. And then getting him to trust that we're not going to be mad that he drove too fast and got a warning. I, I think that's a, another piece to him being part of the family. You know, it was not a great situation here in the beginning and so he's still navigating if it's okay to tell us the truth which is sad yeah yeah but I think that's really common so so he's engaging in some behavior that is risky and it may feel like old behavior that you saw in the past which Mm -hmm. I'm guessing might cause some anxiety in you because you've traveled that road before you know where that went. Um, and then he's still having some, there's there's some trust uncomfortableness to say, I don't know if I can share this with my mom and dad because in the past, maybe their response either wasn't helpful or I ended up getting sent to wilderness therapy or whatever. Like in his mm-hmm. mind, he's probably thinking like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen if I share this information. Okay, so it does sound like there's exactly. there's quite a bit of, of tension there, um, which is so common. I think this is a great, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because this is one that I get questioned about a lot, which is that time when they come home and how do you start to relive? Because you've got a kid who's now had a lot of therapy, a lot of different modalities of therapy. They've had some independence. And they're learning and they're developing, and now they're plopped right back into the same environment that they were in with you before. And it's like, whoa, this is really hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to add to that, he's 19, which makes the relationship a voluntary one at this point, right? So mm-hmm. he can leave if he wants, or you could ask him to leave if you wanted. So there's a lot of dynamics going on there um which is super common Hmm. what do you what are you the most afraid of out of all of the things that i shared really it's the car and knowing that i can't control him because he's 19 and it is a little mini and he is driving 100 miles an hour and if he crashes he could die um and it doesn't substance use which is amazing if i don't know if i I should share this but substance use isn't even on my my brain about it because he's really doing so well with that that part he's being very honest but he has a really hard time with that freedom of the car is big it's huge and I can't control how fast he drives and I have to, I know I have to let it go. Brenda, I know I do. Yeah. But you're worried about his safety Mm -hmm. and the safety of other people that are on the road, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he may be a thrill, thrill seeker, which Mm -hmm. is very, very common in our boys, especially. Um, They, they love that. So, so that's sort of a, a close, a near term fear. 
right? Like, I'm afraid today when he gets in the car, he's going to go crash. What are you most afraid of when you think long-term or sort of big picture, if you went to like a 50,000-foot level? (sighs) He has relapsed a couple times already, but they have not been. They've been, a, am going to say, a soft fall. And my son has had in our lifetime with this four super hard falls ending up in the hospital. And I worry about that part. I'm working on myself, getting coaching, you know, coaching other people because I find that talking to other people is super helpful just to have someone else who understands when you're saying this, but know that there's always that possibility of him not recovering from something bad like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's scary. Mm -hmm. Scary for a mom and a dad. Yeah. For a mom, it's, it's very scary because he's your baby. Yeah. He is my baby. Yeah. What are his best qualities? He is kind. He is the most affectionate. When he was gone, my other two are not as huggy, hug oriented as he is. And he always comes in and hugs me when he gets in the door. And he is willing to sit down and hear what's going on with me. It's not just about him. And he's like, I cry. Um, and that's just, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> that is, that is. He sounds like he's very insightful Ooh. to me. Yeah. If he can be in, in tune with you, especially when he's got a lot going on, right? When you think about what he's been through in the past few years, to be able to still be kind and to hug your mom and Mm -hmm. to care about what's going on in other people's lives shows that he's really got some level of awareness and insightfulness to him, um, even beyond his 19 years, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. 40 year olds don't have. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, he sounds really special. I think it's really important to remember those things because it gets so easy to see what we're afraid of, see what they're doing wrong, see what where they're slipping. And you know, we talk about this in coaching um, with the partnership, that positive reinforcement and just really taking the time to look at what's going right, because there's so much going right. That doesn't negate the things that are still scary. That doesn't negate the fact that he's, you know, doing some risky things. But it can help sort of counterbalance that sometimes to say, you know what, this kid is really smart. He is really, really smart. Um and I wonder how you being a coach, you might do this more than the average Joe, but how often do you tell him that? Oh, actually, yeah, you're absolutely right. I need to probably tell him more than <laughs> um, I tell him how 
that, you know, and I try to be very specific so that I'm not just saying I'm proud of you. You know, um, I try to say, I hope you're proud of yourself. Like I have all those things, you know, they're, they're in there that, that I've learned, but I do, I try to, you know, if he takes the garbage out, it's not just that he's taking the garbage out. Hey buddy, thank you for taking the garbage out. You know, just noticing that he didn't fight about it. He didn't argue. He was just like, oh yeah. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I hear is that you guys have great communication, that it's not a situation where he is shut down, you are shut down, there's that tension because nobody's talking, or if they are talking, it's a lot of yelling. So that's such a positive thing to hang on to. Um, And obviously, you know, when we're doing coaching like this, you um, you can't solve everything. And, and we don't try to, because um, it's kind of like speed coaching a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what, if you look kind of at the next six months, um, what would a win look like for you in the next six months if something could shift? And, and we did this again, and maybe we will. Maybe that's something we'll have to incorporate. But if I was to call you up in six months and say, hey, Casey, like, I just wanted to check in and in see how you guys are doing, what would feel like a win in about six months? I, I think that it would be he has more of a sense of purpose for himself. I mean, I've gained through my own recovery a lot of sense of purpose and a lot of, but I'm also, you know, 52, so a little difference in ages. Um, and I know I'm not asking him to know what he's going to do for the rest of his life, but I mean, I don't want to say that I would like him to go to college, but that little part of me wants him to go to college. (laughs) That would be, that would be the way I'm like thinking my way through this. And if besides him working, if he started maybe just taking a class or two at a community college, um, and not being afraid of school anymore because I think that's that's kind of how that path got started there was some negative things that happened at school before he started using I think that would be a huge win not going to college all the time but so yeah I'm gonna rewind and ask what would it what would a win look like for you ah Good question. Uh, see, I did it. Uh, I know all that. I know so look at myself. <laughs> what would a win look like for you? Because all of those things are amazing, but you're not in control yes. of a single one of them. I'm not in control. So what are you in control nope. of that would look like a win? I am starting my own business so that that would be successful and would touch a lot of lives. And like, I just love what you're, what you're doing, being able to touch just one more life or one more parent to feel like we do together, not alone. So you're starting your business and you're thriving in that. What else are you doing differently than you're doing today that would signal things are better? I'm in a peaceful place. I'm I'm a lot more peaceful than I ever was. 
but I'm really in a place where I know that my kids, their paths are their paths. And um, this is one of my favorite lines is keeping the worry in the sidecar. Maybe I'll actually take the worry because now the worry's off. The ha- my my worry hands are off the wheel. They're in the sidecar, and my my big win would be that the worry wouldn't even be in the sidecar anymore. Awesome, awesome. That's amazing. So you're thriving in your business. You feel peaceful. What brings you peace? Self care is a huge bit. Being with friends, working on myself. I think this is probably normal for a lot of people, working on my marriage. (laughs) So those are great things. And I wonder how you have time to do those and be so connected and worried about him at the same time. I can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what would happen if... He went to go do something, and you knew there were probably two or three things that might go haywire in that particular situation. And if you instead went to one of these things that you just listed, self-care, getting together with friends, working on yourself, working on your marriage, working on your business, what would that, what would that feel like? Um, power. My power. My, my control. I can't control what's going on around me, but I can help myself to stay calmer when life is out of control on the outside. I'm a I'm a much healthier person with that. And what do you think would what do you think his response would be if he was leaving out the door and I kind of think about um, in our in our house, it was kind of like my son was pig pen um, from the peanuts thing because there was just always this cloud of craziness and dust behind him. And I would often chase that and try to clean it up before he walked out of the house or whatever. So I'm wondering if you know there's some dust moving behind him and you said, have a great day. Love you. I'm going to go work on my business. How would that land with him? Do you think? A lot of less, a lot less shame that if something goes wrong, his mom is not sitting in a corner crying, worrying about him. And um, I think this is what I've learned is he's no longer the identified patient in our family. First time I ever heard that I was like, that's it. It's exactly it. And so he has freedom and I have freedom because we're all individual peace people, individuals standing on our own. And then if something happens and he can reach out to get a little help by me, then I have the capacity to come and help because I'm whole. Then he's got a mom who is really solid, really happy, being fed by all the great things she's doing for herself. Are there things that you've seen in the past, you know, you know him better than anybody. Are there things that you think of that really make him feel empowered? 
or make him feel confident? Yeah, I know I, I can tell, or it seems like um, he really feels confident in the love for him when he comes in the house and that he's not a problem anymore. And his independence, like he's amazing. He can, he's already starting to do stocks. He intends on not working forever. So he's really, I just love watching him and his face light up. He's like, okay, so I'm doing this one. Then I got this. Like, so he's got the confidence to, at a young age, to give those things a try. I never had that confidence at 19. There's no way I would have done stocks at 19. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So when he tries things that are new and when he feels secure yeah. in your love, that makes him feel confident. That makes him feel empowered. Are there ways that you can think of in the day-to-day, like let's take the next week and kind of you know what's going on in your life in the next week and what's going on with him. Are there things that you think about that you could that you think right now, I bet I could experiment in this moment when this happens, I'm going to try this instead, just as an experiment. This isn't mm-hmm. like, I'm shifting my behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we try to like eat the whole elephant at once and that can just be really overwhelming. And so... I'm wondering, what do you see as some low-hanging fruit where you're like, eh, I, I could probably shift my behavior or my words, and I just want to experiment with that this week. Is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, actually, it was on, it's been on my mind. Um, I do get very caught up in all the stuff that I do, and um, it's very easy to be complacent at night to just sit and watch some TV. So to go in there when he comes and is cooking or whatever, and just be in the room and talk about the music that he's listening to or the Clash Royale game he's playing. (laughs) Just that's something that I, I've learned that I haven't done is just being present and keeping my mouth shut. You know, not not the questions. Yeah. <laughs> so powerful. Yeah. There's there's a shift and it's so hard when they do turn 18, 19, 20, that we have to shift from that parent mode to more of like a consultant mode. And how do you do that, right? How do you start to see your child not as the one who needs to be parented? But like you said what are you listening to? That sounds really interesting. How's that game going? You know, almost thinking of it like somebody that you would, a coworker or a friend, you know, let's say you run into your girlfriend and her 19 year old is there with her. What would you ask him? How's school going? Or what are you up to? Or, you know, so does that sound like a sort of a bite size experiment that would be feasible for the next week or two yeah and i love that image that you just shared of thinking of like you're you're with a mom and her 19 year old and how i would interact with that um you basically give that 19 year old power and autonomy and 
being a whole person. So yeah, by sitting there and not asking a million questions and just being present <laughs> is is uh, is a good thing. Was that when I think about it that way? That was very helpful to think of it that way. Well, that's good. That's good. It's it's not easy. It is not easy, and. I think the transition that you're in is an especially difficult time because it's not like he's coming home and he's 16 and he's re-entering high school and you still have some of those familiar guardrails. You are like in all new territory. And so you're together, you're having to figure that out. Are those conversations that you can have with him to say, dude, I'm figuring this out. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to do right now or what to say right now. But I love you and I want to have a great relationship with you. Do you guys have those kinds of conversations? Um, I'm laughing because um, we have, we do, we try to have those conversations. And sometimes he's like, "Ah, I don't want to talk about that. And then one time he's like, what are you doing on your phone? And I had to confess. I said, I'm looking up topics to talk with a 19 year old. about." And he goes, (laughs) ma'am. I love that. But see, that's so beautiful because then he sees you as a flawed human being who is just like him who is trying to figure it out. You don't have all the answers and you're never going to have all the answers. And there's something that can be really empowering about that to, to, you know, uh, a young adult to be like, Oh, okay. My mom's cool with like saying, I don't have it all figured out. I really don't, but I want, I want to work on this with you. And If you want, I will tell you one that I often use with my kids, which is, it's just a mom thing. It's just, you got to forgive me. I know I've been treating you like a 10-year-old. You got to forgive me. It's a mom thing. And I'm going to try to stop doing that. Mm. Because it's true. And Mm -hmm. going back to that truth, if you just like rewind, 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 Forget about the 20-minute guide and beyond addiction and the coaching and the podcast and everything that you're trying to remember and cue up the right response to just go back to the truth of, I'm just trying to figure it out. And I'm just a mom who loves you to death. And I'm probably going to get in your way. And I'm going to need you to forgive me for that. Are you cool with that? (laughs) And that can just relieve, like you said, the shame and all of the pressure that they feel to please us because they really do want to please us. How does that sound to you? Oh, yeah, I love that. Yes, absolutely. Um, I am very comfortable with saying I'm a flawed human being. <laughs> oh, it's very freeing. Oh. It's very freeing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in the short amount of time that we've been talking, um, Is there anything else that you're thinking either kind of stands out like, oh, there's this other thing that I haven't really mentioned that I probably should mention, or does this feel like a manageable amount of information, again, not trying to eat the whole elephant at once, to say, I feel like I've I've gotten something tangible that I could use? Oh, yeah, no, I definitely feel... Uh, this has been 
it's been terrific. It's it's nice for a change to be on the other side. So thank you very much yes. <laughs> to have someone coach me through it. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, this was extremely um, helpful in the path that we kind of took feels like, okay. And also knowing like, like you kept repeating, I heard it a couple of times that, you know, just for the week, you don't have to plan like you're doing this for the rest of the life, your life, but just for the week. And that's a really easy bite size just to see if I don't have to look it up in my phone of what to talk to myself about <laughs> because we're just sitting there and it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do have to look it up, that's okay too. You know, that that's fine. I think the really what I heard and when I saw we're on video so those of you listening can't see us um, but Casey and I are on video and I could see your eyes really light up when you talked about your business and what you have the plans that you have for that and about spending time with friends and working on yourself and you know going and hanging out with your husband and so that's what excites me because I can see that it's in there And I can see that those could be really, really powerful things. And this is where, you know, sometimes we do need to write ourselves notes or have a little bit of a vision board to say, when I start feeling like I need to fix, control, manage my 19-year-old who is going to make some mistakes, he's going to drive around with the license plate hanging off his car. Um, But when I get the urge to do that, here are the five other options that I have which one do I want to pick right now Um, because that will just immediately pull you out of that response mode of like I gotta fix it I gotta fix it I can do this and to remember how intelligent he is and insightful he is and he's obviously incredibly resourceful if he's doing you know engaging in the stock market at 19 um (laughs) So that could just be something to remember, too, is he's going to be able to figure this out. Like this kid, he's got it. He probably did some very, we don't have time to go into it, but I'm sure he did some pretty interesting and crafty things when he was in, you you know, using before you had him go to treatment. And so, yes, yes, they might not have been the healthiest things, but he's got a lot to pull from and he's got resourcefulness <laughs> and um and sometimes we forget that and so just mm-hmm. giving them the credit for that and saying he's gonna figure this out it might not look anything like what you would do or your husband or anybody else but if it's his way and it works that's beautiful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. awesome well thank you for um joining me on this little bit of an experiment <laughs> and i'm uh very grateful for you to to join me in a in a conversation it can be vulnerable um so i hope that it was helpful for you and i hope it's helpful for anybody who's listening yeah thank you for inviting me to do this i i really enjoyed it it was very helpful thank you so much for listening If you would like to go to the show notes, you can always find those at brendazane.com forward slash podcast. Each episode is listed there with full transcript, all of the resources that we mention, as well as a place to leave comments if you would like to do that. You might also want to download a free ebook I wrote called Hindsight, Three Things I Wish I Knew When My Son Was Addicted to Drugs. 
It's full of the information I wish I would have known when my son was struggling with his addiction. You can grab that at brendazane.com forward slash hindsight. Thanks again for listening, and I will meet you right back here next week.